1: milwaukee start your engines it's time to talk about all things racing nascar indycar trucks and formula one this is the final inspection show with steve zaki presented by the legendary great lakes Dragway in union grove now it's final inspection on 1057 fm the fan here's steve zaki
3: And welcome to the final inspection show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, and of course our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining me in studio from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, it is Dave Coleman. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Always fun to have Dave in studio. And uh, I noticed something: no reading, no reading glasses. No, Are you
2: you've still been able to avoid them, huh? I can, uh, yeah, I can't read the street signs, okay. but I, I can read the menu, no problem. I
3: finally broke down this year. My eye doctor's been going for the last five years. Are you sure you don't need reading glasses? And I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then it finally, one day, I was like, boom, it hit me. It's like, okay, now I need reading glasses.
2: Yeah, no, I've uh, I've managed to keep that part of me as I age anyway. Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. that's Read the tiny type. I can I can read the lineup to you.
3: Well, and, and the thing is, once you start, there's no going back. No. Because now, since I started to use them and say, like, oh, this is really nice, I'm at, like, the lowest uh, strength, the 1.0, I think it is. But once you take them off, your eyes are, like, saying, okay, no, we're not going back to trying to read. It's, like, it's over. So this is going to be a – fun show today we got a lot of guys scheduled Um, we're gonna of course we have Dave Coleman in which is always fun but we also have uh, we're gonna be uh, focusing a bit on Alan Kawicki and this is something I've kind of avoided in the past uh, because our families were a little bit entwined back in the old USAC uh, stock car racing days with my, my father who knew his father Jerry pretty well back in the day and I was, it, it really affected me a lot and kind of my way of dealing with it was really not, not talking about it. So this is the first time I really have ever focused on Alan and it's kind of hit me a couple of weeks ago. It's like, wow, 25 years. And you know, it's, I was, you know, fortunately I was at the funeral at St. Matthias and down at the, the cemetery and everything. And. It, it, it was a very, uh, sad, sad day. It really devastated me from, uh, uh, from kind of being a racing fan in a way, a big part of that for me died with it, unfortunately. And it coincided with me starting to work at the Milwaukee mile because, uh, that year is, I was my first kind of job in racing besides working track safety, uh, like Hills Corners and, and, uh, Angel Park as an EMT, where I was a video videographer, uh, worked with, uh. Tom Leaders and uh, Dick Staller, Dick Staller, who's happily retired up in Door County. I keep track with his son Tom, who lives out in California now. But and from that point on, it's hard to believe it. I've been kind of working in in and around motorsports for twenty five years now, and it, it's kind of like wow. And it kind of hit me, you know, last week that, well, you know what? I think it's time you better do something, Todd. It's, that's that's. Let's talk about this. And, and uh, so I got some. And the other thing that, that I saw the, that really kind of said, wow, there is there's not hope, but I'm really happy that his legacy is living on. Ryan Eversley, who I've talked before and we've had him on the show before, uh, does a fantastic uh, podcast uh, with his partner, Dinner with Racers. And it is a really, really neat podcast because I've always loved that old school talk show format, Dave, like the old Dick Cavett shows where you would just have one guest and you really got to know that person. It wasn't like today where it's a movie star comes on that's plugging their new movie. Right. You talked about a whole bunch of different things. And especially if the person was a a, a compelling person, it was really, and I've always loved interesting conversation and, and. And that long form format is—I'm a real fan of it. I love podcasts because you really get to kind of dig in and hear stories and, and learn stuff you didn't know about. And Eversley is really dug into what made Alan Allen, and it's a fantastic uh, uh, podcast. Four parts. There's also a video on Racer, and I've—I've I've hooked up the links on the Facebook page uh, on the TFI, the Final Inspection Show, on Facebook. All those links are there. Please look that up, and uh, it'll be a lot of it's really interesting because, like I said, I really enjoy what what he's able to do. But, at, Dave, what what's your – with Alan? now, you were with the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel then. Sentinel, yeah. It's a Sentinel then, and now you took over for Phil Cash right. under uh, real sad circumstances, and you were kind of forced into this. And you've always said you weren't really a big racing fan. No a- and I, and you kind of jumped in. So kind of at that point what was your opinion of Alan Kowicki and the story and everything that was going on at that time?
2: Yeah, it was pretty ca- crazy. It did all come up pretty quickly because um my my start was well well, I worked with Phil a little bit at the Sentinel as a part-timer. Went away for a year and a half and then Phil died in uh April, I think end of April in uh, uh 1990. So I came back to Milwaukee and Just in time for Indy 500 qualifying, talk about getting thrown in the deep end. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so it it was strange. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you I was in way, 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 way over my head at that point. Um, But that's how you learn to swim, right? Right. So, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, my time covering Allen was really pretty short. When I think about now, it's been 25 years since. Um, You know, just had a couple of seasons. But it, it, was, it was very cool to see the, um, uh, just that, what all happened in that mm-hmm. short amount of time. Um, struggling to stay in business, uh, you know, keeping things together, keeping the team going, then winning a championship with, uh, uh, with an incredible story, the comeback, and uh, you know, all, all those things, and then just very quickly being gone. It was the cool thing, and uh, you and I talked about this as, as we came in, um, the, one of the cool things that I saw was the, uh, uh, reception at Greenfield high school, uh, after Allen won the championship because Allen was such, it was a guy who was so focused, so, so wired into what he was doing at that very moment that a lot of people really didn't see another side of him. You, you, you know, you saw the top of his head cause he was looking down. Um, he was, he was. He was focused, and you just most people didn't get to see the fun side. Didn't get to see him be loose. Didn't get to see him really appreciate uh, all that he had, all that he had accomplished because it was I was on to the next thing for most of us. So um, that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm glad I was around for that. I'm glad I got to see that. Uh, it really kind of made that whole that whole time go full circle, and you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see another run or, or whatever would have happened. Who right. knows? Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to guess, but, uh, no, it was a cool thing to be around. It was really, um, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, in my time at the Sentinel, I was, we, we were far more, um, uh, cognizant of IndyCar racing because we had two races. Mm-hmm. So that was what I learned about and got th- the NASCAR thing was kind of came about a little bit later for me. Uh, it, and certainly Kalwiki's <laughs> championship was was a big part of that. So it, it was uh, it was new to me. It was uh, it was, but I think it was I don't say new to a lot of people, but it was one of those things that I think helped bring the uh, uh, the consciousness of NASCAR along in this area because I got a feeling I wasn't the only one who's closest association to motorsports at that point big-time motorsports was IndyCar stuff cart mm-hmm. at the time uh, and or may, maybe it's just my sheltered little uh, little existence that that's how I saw it but I, I think you know having a local guy contending for a NASCAR champion uh, NASCAR championship was a big deal for NASCAR as it was growing as it was growing nationally I think that was a big thing that helped Uh, affect a lot of race fans in this area
3: yeah because growing up i mean we were a, a huge racing town and of course the usac which sanctioned indy cars and also had a stock car division as well as midgets and sprint cars but for their stock car division which was very strong at that point the their hub was in milwaukee so, you need there was kind of two USACs. There was a, the Indianapolis based USAC that had the championship car racing or IndyCar racing, and then Milwaukee was kind of like their sub hub because it was Milwaukee was their number two track at that time back in the 60s and into the 70s, which we had four stock car races here. That was the most on the stock car circuit, and it was mainly a Midwest right. and 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 it, it was pretty much basically summed up with NASCAR ruled the south and USAC ruled the north, and it was a very, very strong series, and, and Alan's first association with that was through his father, Jerry, who was uh, probably the premier engine builder on the circuit back then and worked for uh, Zika Lubade, Bill Trainers Group, and, and others, and then eventually worked with uh, Norm Nelson out of Racine and worked through uh, with Norm until the end of his racing days in the mid-70s. But after kind of you USAC screwed the pooch on stock car racing, <laughs> and I can do a whole show on that alone, uh ASA came in and the American Speed Association, and they were kind of the hot group. And it was amazing how quickly they kind of took off, and there's a fantastic book on Rex Robbins by uh, Dave Argerbright on, on that that I highly recommend and how they kind of – it was fantastic timing, and it kind of just eased into that. And one of the biggest things was getting into the Milwaukee Mile, which their first race was here in 1978. But a lot of the guys who were thinking maybe going to USAC or that, Allen was one of them, said, you know, ASA is kind of the way to go. And those guys – I mean, if you look back at the drivers that came from that sanctioning body – uh. Alan Kowicki, of course, but Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, Ted Musgrave, you know, Richie Bickle, all these guys were hands on guys too. And I think that kind of gave them that little extra over some of the other drivers. And it's interesting, Alan going down there. We'll talk more about this later in the show. The case in point, 1986 rookie of the year, you had Kawicki with his small team and his you know, his car sirline. Sp- sponsored by Quincy Steakhouse, going up against uh, Michael Waltrip and his team, Country Time Lemonade and ten, 10 cars and three times as many of the crew guys and Kowicki, you know, just it was so frustrating as a as a kid watching this and everything is with Waltrip. They'd always talk about Waltrip, on Michael Waltrip, young Michael Waltrip, Daryl Zinger <laughs> brother, and then there you know at the end of the race. It was Kewicki who was finishing tenth or eleventh, and Waltrip was, you know, back in eighteenth place or whatever, or wrecked, you know. And it was like, hey, why don't you focus on this guy who's, you know, mopping the floor of him? And if he eventually won, run, one the Rookie of the Year. But we got and a lot who, more to get into here. Who was on
2: that voting panel, the Rookie of the Year panel?
3: Darrell Waltrip. Yeah, and who did he vote for? <laughs> I th- didn't he vote for Allen? I, I thought think it, so. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and so. Yeah, it is just, uh, there's there's a lot of stories. We'll be also talking to Russ Lake, Hall of Fame uh, um, photographer, racing photographer, who had a, a couple, uh, he has some great anecdotes about Allen. And uh, also Eddie Lapine, who, believe it or not, Mr. Sports Car Guy actually has a few anecdotes about Allen, too, back in the day. And then in the second hour, of F1 season is kicking up, and there's a guy I know that's trying to sell a lot of books at this point. That, of course, <laughs> is David Hobbs. We'll have him at the top of the the second hour at 1 o'clock. And then, of course, uh, Dennis and Lawyer also get us caught up uh, with the uh, latest NASCAR news uh, in the second hour. And then I got a special treat at the end of the show. We'll talk more about it as you're listening to The Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and a David Hobbs Honda. Coming up next, we'll talk with Ryan Eversley uh, of – IMSA driver extraordinaire, and uh, we'll talk about uh, dinner with racers and and his love for Alan Kowicki.
1: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for your 2018 season passes. And they've been starting to the race there at Great Lakes Drive, weather permit, permitting and, uh, Today, it's a little cold for drag racing. Make sure you check out the website or their Twitter account to see if they're running on the quarter mile. And, of course, I'd like to thank David Hobbs Honda for their support of the show. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Ryan Eversley, IMSA driver, who is driving from, what, uh, uh, Charlotte to Atlanta today? That's correct, guys. I'm uh,
4: heading back to Atlanta, where I'm from. I went up to Charlotte to race. I'm racing in. In the Pirelli
3: World Challenge series at Virginia International Raceway. Excellent, excellent. And uh, joining us, of course, in studio, it is Dave Coleman from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And Ryan, you've been on the show before. We've uh, chatted. Uh, usually, it's up at Road America when it's a lot warmer out, and uh, we've always talked about your exploits in in IMSA and road racing. And what are you, what are you? Let's get the fans caught up to what what uh, who you're driving for this year. Yeah, for
4: the last. Uh, you know five or six years i've been a factory acura and honda driver so i've raced various honda and acura products including the nsx the tlx gt and currently i'm racing the new honda civic type r which i'm driving the street version of right this minute it's awesome and uh, i'm also racing the acura nsx and imsa for the heart racing team and then on top of that i'm also racing an Audi R8 for Flying Lizard Motorsports
3: and the Burley World Challenge as well. So it's a busy schedule I've got going. Excellent. Well, you know, as, a, as as you know as well as anybody, a young driver like yourself, it's always good to be busy, especially in today's uh, racing world where that isn't always the case. Uh, I, you know, we usually chat in July or August when you're up in Wisconsin for uh, racing up at the Road Racing Showcase up at Road America, but... This caught my eye a couple weeks ago when I saw Alan Kowicki 25 years on, a four-part special on uh, Dinner With Racers and racer.com. And I was kind of taken aback. I was like, well, this is really cool. And then when I found out that that you were you were behind this, I was also like, well, that is really cool. How, how did this all come about?
4: So my partner, Sean Heckman, and I have a podcast we started three years ago called Dinner With Racers. And the whole premise is exactly in the title. We sit down with various people from motorsports, and we just talk about whatever comes up. There's no script, no agenda, and it's just kind of organic conversations about people. Because if you're a big fan of, let's say, Mario Andretti, you probably know all the stuff you would know from watching him on TV, but you might not know that he had a pet pig for a long time or, you know, things like that. And So that's kind of where the show came from. And one of the things that happened the very first season was we met a guy... Or we knew a guy named Jeff Brown, who's a very well-known racing engineer. And we did not know that he had kind of grown up with Alan. And they had raced together in the ASA days in Wisconsin in the Midwest. And we were always Alan Kowicki fans, but we didn't know much about him. And so when Jeff kind of alluded to Alan being difficult to work with and very uh, intense, we were both intrigued by that, Sean and I. So we wanted to learn more. And then when we went to research him, there wasn't that much information other than the basic press release, the basic interview or, you know, video segment from a NASCAR show. And we wanted to know more about him. So as we did a little research, we found, you know, that he was a very interesting guy. The college education that he got from the University of Milwaukee, being the first NASCAR champion to have a college education, things like that were really neat to us. And so we just decided to, hey, let's take our Dinner with Racers show and, with the 25th anniversary of Alan's passing coming up, let's let's pay tribute to a guy that we think deserves more credit for
2: what he did and how he did it. No, no Ryan, you said that you guys were uh, you were fans of Alan or, or intrigued by Alan uh, even before you got to talking to, uh, to to Jeff about him. What was what was the attraction or what, how did you f- first uh, notice Alan?
4: The thing that I picked up on as a, as a young kid, because I'm, I'm a second-generation racer. My dad had his own race teams for years and was a crew chief for a lot of people, and he's a super hard-working guy and instilled a hard-working ethic in me as a young man. And one of the things I, I always thought was cool was that Alan Kawicki Racing was the team he won the championship with. And so I always thought that was kind of unique for a guy that didn't have the biggest operation, won it with his own team. But I didn't know the backstory behind it. And when I read because the Junior Johnson story about how Alan got offered twice to drive for him and he turned it down. That was a known story that we found a lot in print. And when I heard that story, I thought, wow, that's really, you know, even more unique. And so, you know, everybody goes for the underdog. Obviously, Alan ran the underbird. And a couple of those kind of stories that I already do about or why I was always intrigued by him, because I've always felt that with my career, I don't come from a wealthy background, um, I've never really had a big sponsor just show up and give me a, a big check. I've had to work for everything, and knowing that that's how Alan made his career made me want to learn more about him as a younger fan.
2: So you you went from what you learned from from Jeff Brown. Uh, where did that take you? How did the how did the road progress to the 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 people who all you talked to for this?
4: So uh, like everybody else, we interview. We like to have a back background on him you know we, we do a lot of digging and research and generally we will talk to other people that know the, the person we're going to interview even if we know that person just to get some different insights stories so from talking to Jeff three years ago you know we, we told him like hey we'd really like to ask you more about Alan sometime and we kicked the idea around for the last literally three years and he would say hey, you know you got to talk to this guy you got to talk to that guy so Sean and myself would do some research we knew uh, Jim Tredo from the Milwaukee area from doing the racing roundup with him, and I, I reached out to Jim and said, hey, we'd love to do the Alan Kawicki thing, and we'd like to have you be involved in some format. What would he think? And he was like, absolutely. And immediately, Jim knew, hey, you got to talk to Doug Meyer, you know, you got to talk to Father Dale Gruba, and things like that. And at the same time that was going on, Sean reached out to the Alan Kowicki Driver Development Program, and... Met up with Tom Roberts, who was Alan's PR guy for his NASCAR career, and, you know, they began forming a relationship that led towards a guy named Stan Johnson that led towards a couple other people like Captain Bob that we interviewed, and that's kind of how the whole thing formulated. But what's important to remember about the, the story from our side is that none of those guys know us. You know, we're, we're just a sports car driver and a PR guy. Like, they don't know that we're going to really put our heart and soul into this, and they were still trusting enough to say, yeah, come sit down with us. Here's all our personal photos from our time with Alan. Here's our personal stories from our time with Alan. And they instilled that, that confidence in us that like they believed in what we were doing before they even saw the product. And so when we were able to turn around and release the four parts plus the 30-minute documentary, I think we did them justice for the story they wanted to tell. And the nicest compliment we could get was almost everybody that we interviewed Once they saw what we came up with for Alan Kowicki, they all said Alan would have been proud of it, and they knew him best. So for us, that was a really big moment for our podcast career.
3: One of the things I thought that was interesting is I remember uh, my dad went to a banquet with Jerry, and Alan was hanging on. Alan was uh, still in college, I think. And my dad goes, he had the most beautiful girl with him. Real, just gorgeous girl with him. And he goes, I never saw her again. <laughs> and this, there's this recurring theme with <laughs> through your podcast and that of all the of all these girls that that, that Alan knew, and um, it, it's funny that you know you're you're trying to dig in and, and Doug and, and Doug Mayer is pretty good because him and Doug used to run around a lot uh, up here in Milwaukee, but the father Dale Gruba. Uh, podcast your interview was exceptional. Uh, tell the fans about what 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 you were able to get, what details you were able to get from Father Dale Gruba.
4: Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. We we've never done this about a, a third party. It's always been the people we're interviewing or the people that you know are the subject matter. And in this case, we had to ask you know friends of Alan that don't know us. Hey, can you tell us some stories? And Doug Mayer. Uh, True best friend to Alan, because he didn't give up the dirt about Alan's uh, way with the women. He said he was a lot of fun, but the Catholic priest, Father Dale Gruba was the first person to say, oh, you know, he had, you know he had a lot of girlfriends, right? Like, he was quite the ladies' man. And we said, no, we didn't. I mean, we knew a little bit, but you're the first one to give up the goods. And some of the stories we were hearing were he would literally have his mechanics on race weekends going, hey, there's a girl over there. She's blonde. She's coming here to talk to me. you got to hold her off because I have another girl over here, the brunette. She's coming to talk to me, and then the redhead's waiting out front. So he was that that well-liked by the women uh, in his life that he had to kind of fend them off, so to speak. And to have a Catholic priest be the first person to tell us those stories was pretty hilarious because he was one of our last interviews that we had in Wisconsin while we were there. So it's interesting to hear something like that come out of a Catholic priest and not his best friend, but I guess – If uh, my best friends are telling stories about me, I'd want them to say all the good things, but you know, Father Dale had some great stories, not just about Alan, but about all the other racers from Wisconsin that he spent a lot of time with, so he was a really neat person to talk to, but he also gave a really, really uh, powerful ending to our show, which I don't want to give away, but basically, he spoke to Alan's legacy better than anybody else could, and we were really happy to have him on.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Alan had that engineer's uh, mind going, even when it came to balancing um, the other things he had going on in his <laughs> life.
4: <laughs> yeah, he literally would carry an actual, actual list, like not in his brain, in his pocket. He would carry an actual list of items that he was looking for with girls. And uh, one of the stories we heard was that he had a girl come to one of the races, and everybody liked her. And then the next race, she wasn't around, and Father Dale said, well, what happened to so-and-so? And I said, well, I'm, I met her mom, and she's got really wide hips. I'm afraid that one day this girl's going to grow up to look like that. And things like that, that he was so engineer-minded that he was always thinking nonstop. He couldn't let well enough alone and actually would carry a list in his billfold of what he was looking for out of a lady. One of
3: my... One of my favorite Allen stories is kind of similar. I'm just a dumb kid and my parents went over to their house for a barbecue, grilling out burgers or whatever. And uh, Alan was still living with his parents, but you know, he he's older, you know, he's 12 years older than me. So I'm I'm just looking around, you know, in his bedroom at his photos and he's in there and he goes, "So which car do you like better?" And at that time he was running like his about his third late model dirt car at the time. And I go, well, I like the blue and yellow one. That was his first car. It was a '69, I think, Camaro, blue and, and yellow. And then he had switched over to a different car, and they were white with a number thirty-two, the thirty-two car. And I go, yeah, I like the blue one. He goes, oh, he kind of gave me a funny look. He said, oh, no, no, see that, that that's an that's an old leaf spring type uh, car, and these are coils. And he went into this high tech. <laughs> explanation about why the new car was better than the old car and I'm looking at him you know with glossed over eyes and I'm like well I just like the colors on the blue one <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> shook his head and just kind of walked out of the room you know so yeah that was typical Alan was was that I uh, was at a different train of thought than most people
4: yeah when we when we went to uh interview Doug Krieger who was one of his early Gassy designers that he, he bought a car from, and the guy is winning races left, right, and center with his own driving. He's selling cars to people that are doing well. And here comes, you know, early 20s Alan Kowicki that's arguing with him about suspension design and which way to put pickup points for different things. And Doug's sitting there going, I'm 20 years older than this kid, and he's arguing with me about how to do things. And to his credit, Doug had the, uh, sorry, uh, Greg had the patience to be. Uh, understanding where Alan's mentality was, that he could tell that this kid is really invested in the engineering side of it. And they worked together very well and were able to win races together. But he would have to literally not just explain it, he'd have to give a demonstration using, like, tools to show Alan that what he was doing made sense. Otherwise, he wouldn't believe him. And not a lot of people would have that relationship with a younger you know, kid in the sport. But it obviously made sense because Alan had the education, and he put it to good use. And a lot of people inside NASCAR give his championship effort credit to his education because he had the wherewithal to sort of engineer the car properly. And even Paul Andrews, who was his crew chief uh, through, you know, through his championship season, told us, he's like, well, I was the crew chief, but Alan was engineering the car even while he was driving it, and I was just running the show for him because he couldn't be in two places at once.
2: One of the things that uh, I mean, w- what I did with this uh, anniversary was write about sort of the the impossible to answer what, <clears throat> question: what might have been, had Alan not uh, had not died, you know, in 1993. And I'm curious now that you've had this, you've had this chance to talk to a lot of people, um, like I did. What did what did you come away with thinking might have been different? What would he have accomplished? Would he have been given his maybe social shortcomings, been able to adapt to the way things were changing? How do you think things would have played out?
4: If Sean and I talked about this a lot kind of throughout the throughout the investigative process when we started to learn that his guys were saying that as he won the championship, he was starting to relinquish some of his control of the day-to-day activities because he understood that the marketing side of it is going to require his time. And so he was starting to you know, just give a little bit more control to the guys because he trusted them. They'd won a championship, and he was moving in the direction of, okay, i got to be business side too, and I need to get the funding. And I kind of look at how Dale Jr. has grown into the personality that he is over the last few years because if you look back to him five years ago, awkward interviews, not a lot of self-confidence on camera, but, you know, was a pretty damn good race car driver. And now he's got a personality. He's hosting TV shows. He's doing commentary, and he's very good at it. And I think Alan would have changed his focus and his intensity from running the race car into how can I be the best champion that NASCAR wanted. And he was quoted saying that exact thing at the banquet. He said, I just want to be the best champion that NASCAR would expect me to be. And I personally think that he would have gone on to raise more sponsorship. He would have been able to relate to the average man because he's a guy that grew up with normal means, got an education, You know, he wasn't the so-called, you know, Southern gentleman that you'd expect to see driving stock cars. And I think that would have resonated with the Midwest a little bit quicker. Probably would have found more sponsorship from that area. And I, I think he would have gone on to a very successful career. If you look at it, he led laps in the last race that he, you know, that he completed. He was ninth in points. And it was when the deck was stacked massively with talent the year that he passed away. So it's not like it was a one and done fluke. He was going to be competitive again. And so it's just one of those things we'll never get to know. But with his background with engineering and the way the sport has developed into a high-tech engineering program, I think he would have been ahead of the curve.
3: We're talking with Ryan Eversley, IMSA driver and uh, co-host of Dinner with Racers. And uh, make sure you check out racer.com in their featured videos for Underbird, Discovering Alan Kawicki, a fantastic video on uh, the life of uh, Alan Kawicki and also the the four-part podcast on dinnerwithracers.com. Uh, Ryan, we certainly appreciate you joining the show. And like I said, this was kind of with Dave's article that he wrote uh, you know, a week ago and with your articles and, and podcasts that it kind of pushed me into this direction uh, to to doing the show. As I said in a previous segment, I kind of, you know, Alan was a big hero to me, but I always kept, kind of kept my feelings, you know, Inside me, and didn't want to really talk about it. But this is kind of this has been a lot of fun this week, you know, prepping for the show and getting you guys on the show here, as well as uh, Russ Lake and a few other guys uh, later in the show. So, Ryan, we certainly appreciate you coming on the, on on the show. And uh, any final thoughts or uh, things you want to plug, especially the Dinner with Racers podcast? Please. Yes, Steve. Um, one thing that
4: Sean Heckman and I, my partner on Dinner with Racers, wanted to really kind of encapsulate from this trip was, uh, once again, Alan is one of the inductees for this year's Hall of Fame, for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And we wanted to tell the story so people understood that he was a David versus Goliath situation and and he won. And he did it from using the American dream, a guy that works harder than everybody else can get results and get where you want to go. And a lot of times, especially today, everybody is expected to get something or, you know, is entitled to something and he wasn't like that at all. He just wanted to work harder to make it happen. And so one of the things that fans can do, especially with Wisconsin, can go to NASCAR.com or NASCARhall.com and you can vote. I think you can vote up to like 50 times or something crazy for getting who you want in the Hall of Fame. And he's one of the people that we want to see get in there. They only induct five people a year. There's 20 inductees on the list. And we'd love to see people hear the stories from our side and same with Dave's article and then go vote for him back the guy
3: and let's see if we can't get him in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That sounds good. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, the hashtag, uh, AK for, uh, hof Make sure you use that too. If you're, uh, if you're on Twitter and Facebook, uh, Ryan, appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll chat with you, uh, coming up in August up in road America. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. That was Ryan Eversley on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
1: If you're looking for a simple and convenient pre-approval process for your new home, construction, or renovation load, call Great Midwest
4: Bank, committed to providing uniquely tailored common-sense mortgage products since 1935. Coming up next, we'll talk
3: to Hall of Fame photographer Russ Lake. Welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com, get your 2018 season passes and also like to thank David Hobbs Honda for once again, joining us again this year, make sure to check out davidhobshonda.com for their specials, new car specials and used car specials. They don't only sell Hondas there, but you might have a used car that you're looking for. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, somebody I've known almost all my life, it is Hall of Fame photographer, Russ Lake. Russ, thank you for joining the Final Inspection Show.
0: That's okay. I I guess we've been around a few years together.
3: A few years, that's certainly for sure. And of course, uh, my father, Bill, and uh, Russ used to shoot together at the uh, Milwaukee Mall back in the day, and, uh, and of course... Going back to Alan's father, Jerry Kowicki who I mentioned in in the previous uh half hour, uh but Alan, uh, you you got to know Alan uh when he started his racing career and uh you were actually uh were able to get him one of his first uh, sponsors, weren't you?
0: Yes I was and actually it was his first major sponsor. Uh I got to know Bob Chuck from Chuck's Supper Club when I had my George Webb restaurant in Oconomowoc, Walk. And uh, Bob Chuck was going to sponsor some tires for Don White. And Wally Yonke talked to me, and he said, you talk to Bob Chuck and tell him that he's got to sponsor Alan Kowicki. I did talk to Bob Chuck, and he did sponsor Alan Kowicki, and it was Alan's first major sponsor.
3: And that was the uh, White 32 car, the Camaro, if I recall right. And uh, it, it's interesting, you know, we there's been a lot of anecdotes that, thoughts about Alan. And of course, you know, he, he did go to college. He was one of the few drivers back then that was college educated, but didn't you, uh, you, you were kind of a hindrance to Alan, weren't you a couple times in his college career?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I take my daughter to the library and Alan and I used to live fairly close together and Alan went to the same library. And he went there to study and this and that, and then we'd start yakking, and he'd get all mad at me because he didn't get his work done or, or his studying. And of course, at that time, I had a yak, yak, yak with Alan Kowicki, and so so that's the way it was.
3: <laughs> and then uh, we, I posted a photo that you took at the Slinger Nationals, I think it was in 1987, and it's a fantastic photo. It's got uh, Kyle Petty in there, Bobby Allison, and you know all the legends that were coming out to the Slinger Speedway. And and there's Allen, and there's a funny anecdote about that one, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it was August 23rd of '87, and it was at the drivers' meeting. And uh, there's five of the guys all sitting there smiling: Rich Pickle, Ken Schrader, Kyle Petty, Bobby, and Davey Allison. And they're all sitting there, smiling away, and Alan is standing in the middle of them, with a very serious look on his face. You'd think that is, I don't know, that uh, he was, I I don't know what to say. He just had a very serious look on his face.
3: That and Alan did. I remember, you know, I you'd see him at I'd see him at an ASA race. You know, I'd, I'd say, hey, hey, Alan, and sometimes he looked right through you because he was so intense, and then other times he'd go oh you' are bill son hey how are you doing yeah. but yeah alan was certainly a different person at the racetrack he was just so focused on his 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 work and uh off the track he was another you know different guy but when 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 to you know when there was cars on the track he was certainly focused and Russ, you've been shooting for geez 50 some years i think your first you you, me? you you've been you've been shooting photos uh for 60 plus years haven't you
0: Try uh eighty seven.
3: Well, that's how old you are now, but your first your first photo no, no, at
0: sixty seven years.
3: Sixty seven, yeah. Uh, your your ooh, first I started
0: you... I started in nineteen fifty is when I first started taking pictures and uh but I wasn't too too old at that time. And uh sixty three is the first year I was credentialed at Indianapolis and I've been going every year since.
1: Well,
3: we certainly appreciate your uh, love for this sport. And don't forget to check out Russ. If, if you're interested in, if you have a favorite driver back in the day or something, Russ probably has a photo of him. So you can email Russ at russlake at com, And he's going to have a website up here in a few months. So make sure you check in, and uh, once that happens, we'll definitely post that on uh, on Twitter and also the uh, Final Inspection Facebook page. Russ, we certainly appreciate you coming on and uh, being part of the show today. And
0: uh, just, just one other thing. Sure. Beside pictures, anything you'd learned on Alan Kawicki, I've got a ton of stuff on Alan.
3: Oh, and one thing I did want to mention, you know, you know, people go, how the heck do you know David Hobbs? And it was actually through Russ Lake because I was on the board of directors with kind of a special charity, and that was Wisconsin's uh, Motorsport Banquet that uh, Russ and his group did for 16 years, and I was probably involved for the last 10-plus years uh, for Ranch Community Services, which his son, uh, Douglas, was a client. And how how much money did you raise for Ranch
0: Community Services? Uh, $451,000, all volunteer
3: excellent and you were you were you did the mo- i'll tell you what you did most of the work we were on the board and there were some great guys on the board like uh you know david hobbs and those guys but it was it was mostly you russ and we certainly appreciate your dedication for the sport and what you did uh for ranch community services so russ we appreciate well, you coming on the show thank you
0: thank you for the kind words
3: all right that's russ lake hall of fame racing photographer and uh, Dave, you know you've uh, actually used some of Russ's work when you'd run down to Daytona, then, haven't you? Uh,
2: we've used Russ's work. I've had Russ as a roommate. Uh, that's and right. Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: laundry run, right? <laughs> the, the the infamous Daytona laundry run. Um, when we come back, we'll hopefully we'll be talking to Eddie Lapine, who is actually racing down at Daytona. And uh, you guys heard of uh, Chump Car? It's a pretty neat series. They actually changed the name now. They've changed it to Champ Car. He's actually running a BMW down at Daytona today, and uh, we're wanting to get uh, Eddie on the show and, and chat a bit about um, uh, a couple uh, anecdotes he had on Alan. If we can't get a hold of Alan, we'll we'll take an early break and we'll talk to David Hobbs at the top of the hour. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda.
1: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
3: And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection show. I'm Steve Zaki. Joining me in studio with Dave Coleman, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And Dave, NASCAR is, well, full schedule, really. We have NASCAR in Texas. We have uh, an IndyCar in Phoenix, and a little a little bit of a surprise in Texas on the pole. Kurt Bush. shouldn't be that big, but, I mean, not,
2: you know. Yeah, talk about a team that's on a high, right? Still they are. One, two, three. And won a
3: couple of races. And Ryan Blaney, too, and the Penske. I mean, the Fords are looking good this year, aren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, are, are the Fords looking good, or are yeah. the Chevys behind? You know, there's kind of two ways to look at that. But yeah, absolutely, the, the Fords. And... I don't think anyone should be real surprised that at this point that Stuart Haas is is the Ford team. Um, you're right, Penske's right there. It's not right. like a, a big gap, but but uh, I, they've done a nice job.
3: You know, and we look at where Hendrick is, and I said, well, look at what what Penske and Stuart Haas has behind them. One as a Formula One team, the other one as an IndyCar team and an IMSA team. There's a lot of engineering going around there, and it's not that. Hendrick's engineering isn't isn't great or anything. I mean, in the past, Chevrolet would go to Hendrick for help, but I think it's just it's so competitive that you know you just fall back just a little bit, and it shows a lot with everything so close to NASCAR today.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and remind me the last time they handed out the checks in April. That's um, yeah, that's the other thing too. Know, yeah, yeah, a little little early to uh, to be uh, jumping off. The, I mean, I think it was two years ago. Toyota is
3: absolutely dominating and we're thinking it's going to be, you know, top fives are going to be all, all Joe Gibbs cards and, uh, you know, furniture, row racing. And then boom, Jimmy Johnson came in out of nowhere to win it. So, and it's, it's like I said, it, it it, it is only April just like with the, you know, with the Brewers, Brewers lose a couple (laughs) games. Oh no. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, you know, they, they say the football season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. Baseball really doesn't start until after the All-Star game. When does the NASCAR season really start to kick in?
2: Yeah, right. Now? Now it's no. probably August, you yeah. know? I mean, right. it, with the with the, with the the playoffs, the chase, whatever it's been, that's because things get so mixed up right. that there's really not a ton of reason to peak now. There's no reason to peak now other than to stockpile stage points, blah, 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 and make – life confusing
3: and if you're like a team like the the three car and austin dillon okay you're locked in pretty much i mean yeah they could be you know but basically they're 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 locked in so you're just basically doing a lot of testing or swinging for home runs aren't you
2: i would think so i would you know the thing that uh, the one thing that uh, the truex showed is the the value of stage points um and you know continuing to dominate as often as possible and maybe that's what we're going to see out of harvick this year um uh, you know, but, but again, let's, we got, we have a few, uh, things, things are going to change once and then things are probably going to change again. And who knows, may end up right back where we are now. Or like you said, uh, Jimmy Johnson's got a, anytime we found this in, in the sport, it, it just, as soon as you think somebody's down, well, lo and behold, here they come again. Out, where out did of the, that come from? Yeah. Out of the, out of the talented bunch. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Johnson's never going to win a race again, blah, as, you know, after five championships. Oop, well, he might have won a couple since then. So, right. um uh, I'm not <laughs> – they'll be just fine.
3: And then, of course, tonight, IndyCars are in Phoenix, and we're hoping, at least uh, the scuttlebutt, is that it's going to be a better race than last year. <laughs> Different cars, less downforce. Lot, I mean, St. Pete was a lot of fun. So it was, we'll – we're going to wait and see and see how that transfers
2: over to an oval aren't we yeah exactly and you know it sounds like there's some question about an outside line um if the cars are really that uh that light what you know you'd, you'd like to get past like lap 2 without losing a bunch of them so that <laughs> if you if you have a bunch of cars at the end that you get a right. much better chance of having a good race than it would be a better race if know. they would not race to banking
3: in turns 1 and 2 but that's just me you know? <laughs> I uh, tell you what, let's uh, stop uh, Stop, and we'll take a sports flash with Mitch. And then when we come back, we'll actually talk to David Hobbs, uh, author of Hobble, and- pleasantly retired from television. We'll talk more about that when we come back, though. But David Hobbs will be coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, David Hobbs Honda and Great Lakes Dragway.